Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucas Moura. So Nombele alongside Hoypierre. Some wide left for Bergvine. Here's Kane. Celso again. Great ball. Lucas Moura headed in. And Spurs midway through the second half have finally, finally made the breakthrough. We've had the four additional minutes. And we've had the tie. Spurs are through to the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. And a splendid header from Lucas Moura has won it on a tough night at Turf Moor. Nick Pope made some splendid saves to deny Spurs a greater advantage. But a welcome win going into the game with Manchester United of the weekend too. Full time, Burnley nil, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you for joining us on a Carabao Cup Night special. Delighted to have three returning guests to The Last Word on Spurs. I want to call them three wise men we've tried to find to talk us through all things Tottenham at the moment. So delighted to welcome back onto this show. He's on fairly often. We've got him back again this week. We've got the great Frankie Major in the house. Frank, how are you on the back of Spurs advancing in the Cup? Well, a lot better than the weekend um, and, and Sunday. Um, I'll take it. Obviously, it wasn't vintage, but we're into the quarterfinal. Manchester City are out. We beat us in the final last year. So I'm, I'm not going to be negative with the result at all. Um, I don't think we we're overly impressive. But again, we're into the hat. I think we will talk about how much we need a trophy. We say it all the time, Rick. We need to get this monkey off our back. And uh, to be in a quarterfinal of a cup is always going to be a positive. And uh, on to the next round. Hopefully, we, we get a favourable draw. Um, and yeah, positive that that hopefully we can. I've got to say the irony, Frank, is that um, we've just won that game, and uh, I, <laughs> over three quarters of the questions that come in are all about the manager and about the style of football and about the negativity around the football club. And I'm promising we're going to try and keep the show as upbeat as possible. I think this is a great one here from John Berry. Five seconds until Jason slags off on Dombele. I'll probably say two and a half, John, knowing it. Brilliant to have Jason McGovern back on the last one on Spurs. Jason, how are you? How's the Dombele fan club going? You growing it well? Muted at the moment. It's the only time I can shut him up. Let's let's try and unmute Jason. There we go, Jason. How are you? 
He's unmuted himself. All now. right. All good, right. good. Spurs and a cup win. Happy with that, Jace? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You gonna, you gonna try telling your face that? Yeah. Delighted. <laughs> One word answers tonight. Fantastic. Let's come <laughs> to an, let's let's come to a man who's never sure of any questions or any answers. We've got the great Richard Cracknell also back on the last one on Spurs. Rich, lovely to have you here. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good. Is this deliberate? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that as bad as it gets right now? It's, the, it's one word answers. For, for the Frank, 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 Frank blew it for us. We'll tell you, one word answers. Just in your face, panicking in the top corner. You know what? On, on the back of tonight's answers, I'm surprised you can find one word, to be honest with you. But um, do you know what? Let's come around and Frank, the most professional of this bunch so far. Um, Spurs are into the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, courtesy of a Lucas Mora header in a 1-0 win. Let's be honest about it. Wasn't pretty or exciting by a 10-minute period, but we are through. Um, some will say it's an important win for Nuno after what's been, let's be honest about it, a nightmare week. And um, to top the calibre of this draw, uh, we then wait to Saturday morning, 10.30am, live on Soccer AM to find out our next opponents. What did you make of it, Frank? Well, sorry about that, uh, obviously, guys, Jace, but I, I try to be positive when we win because I'm pretty negative and everyone tells me I'm negative. And I, I'm, there's not much to be excited around this club at the moment, in my opinion. I mean, tonight, obviously, a win is a win. We're into the quarters, but it, it's just drab. Um, I think I said to the, to the boys, 66% possession in the first half um, without a shot. Um, the players look like they're playing... With, with the handbrake on, we look at... It, it's just not exciting, is it, Rick? Let's be honest. Um, I don't know what's happened to Harry Kane. I don't know if he's confidence or, or he's disinterested, but I thought tonight he wasn't vintage. It wasn't one of his best performances. I don't want to be overcritical of Kane because I absolutely love him, but it, it wasn't great tonight. And uh, uh, some, some positive performances. I thought Romero done well. Sanchez was brilliant. Um, Emerson... He looks okay in the second half, putting a great ball for Lucas. But I don't know. Surely you've got to agree. There's just nothing to really be excited about at the moment. It was it was what it was. We're through. Um, if we get a better team in the, in the next round, we'll get knocked out. It's as simple as that. Um, Probably one of the hardest shows straight through a podcast, isn't it, this one? <laughs> Cl- well, Chlorine. Chlor- Chlor- Especially Chlor- when I was on on Sunday as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, I said, I've said a lot about this club and, and probably said all I could say, but tonight was what it was. It's a win. I'm happy with yeah. the win. But was yeah. I happy with, with watching my team? Was I excited? Were there yeah. consistent moments in the game where I thought, oh, that was brilliant and we've done that really quickly? And no. So it is what it yeah. is. It is what it is, like you say there. I mean, uh, let's come around to you, Jace. I'm hoping you're going to find more than one word. Uh, Spurs, dig it out. And are in the next round of the Carabao Cup to the quarterfinals. Mora took his goal ever so well. You've got to say, uh, Royale, I thought it looked actually very good. Kane didn't score, but... It doesn't feel on that performance that he's too far away from taking off. He had a couple of opportunities. He could have easily had a goal. Um, he had two sumptuous assists in the last two games. How would you describe that Spurs performance up at Turf Moor, which I think we always joke and say, tough place to go? Yeah, it's a tough place to go. And it's now, what, 15 games without a win for them at home. So that's how tough it is to go there. Uh, and it's, what, it's the second year we've won there. But uh, kept a clean sheet, barely had a shot against us. You know, I, I said to Crackers... If we wind the clock back 12 months, that would be described as a tactical masterclass by a, a serial winner. That's what it would be described as. Barely had a shock against us, totally controlled the first half, went forward in the second half, broke a couple of times, nicked the goal. Absolute Jose Mourinho tactical masterclass and every reason why he's a serial winner. 
but but that's that's what it is and for me it's still boring whichever way it is mate but you know it was wasn't pretty but the main thing is you've, we've got the win and like i said burnley did absolutely nothing did they really apart from the last couple of minutes where they started to chuck balls in uh, i thought davinson sanchez had a really good game really good game i thought he was even better than romero tonight davinson sanchez yes it's only burnley and that but fair play to him we give him enough criticism when it goes wrong for him and he was he was exceptional tonight but no the the worrying thing is there's no real patterns of play there's no the movement's not great so often for the first 60 65 minutes i mean you know kane drops deep because he's not getting the ball and there's only one man in the box so often against four or five defenders so you know i don't care who you are as a striker nothing's going to happen you stop making the runs because there's no balls coming forward for you to to, to feed off of. Uh, Bergvine and Gill start the game. Brian Gill looks like losing the ball every time he gets it. Bergvine does nothing. You know that's that's the scenario we're in. And and you know I get the thing of everyone saying you know oh Delhi three years it's time for him to go. You know does nothing. But where's the creativity of people that replace him in the team? There still isn't isn't any, is there? And it's, it's the same problem. You know, people say tonight oh, it's time to drop Kane. But when you've lost the goals of Bale and Vinicius and you chuck another 28 goals 20, of Kane 26 out, of those as well. Yeah, 26, 26, 26 and you goals chuck 27 goals of Kane away and yep. you pick a bloke to say, oh, he only scored one goal last season. Don't tell me that's going to make your team better because it's not. It's not. So it yep. worked one game against Manchester City on the opening day of the season. But, you know, we beat Wolves 1-0 with a penalty and we beat... Watford 1-0 with a fluke free kick. So, you know, even without Kane, it was hardly fluent football, was it? So, you know, it's, it's not so much Kane's the problem. The whole problem is we're just not, there's just no creativity, not enough thrust, not enough bodies in the forwards. When we go forward, it's just one or two men. So it's so important for Nuno to keep shape and not yeah. concede a counter-attack goal that, that that's what it's going to be. Yeah, it was I, the I, same I... last year for much of it, in fairness. Yeah, I promise we are going to come on. I mean, we've got loads of questions here, loads of comments in relation to um, Nuno, the style of football. We are going to come on to that, I promise you, very, very soon. I know, obviously, that's the hot topic of debate at the moment. But, Rich, coming over to you, um, just to kind of, like I say, mm. on there what Jason said, you know, it was a pretty dull affair. But Spurs, I mean, I felt they just did enough to win. I know it wasn't a huge amount in terms of a contribution and effort-wise there. But um, I've got to say... The brilliant fans who made that trip sang long into the night. They, you know, they, they sang their hearts out, demanding a sub at one point. They got one, and the goal followed soon. I think obviously Sonny coming on team to, like I say, raise that tempo. Um, I think the defence of us of us tonight, I think, deserves a lot of credit. I think they actually played really well. I think Romero's frankly said on numerous occasions. I think now Romero is starting to really look the part for Spurs. I know he's actually come out and said that he's now starting to feel like Spurs is at home. Um, I hope he's not getting used to these kind of displays. I hope he has a bit more ambition in terms of where we want to end up. And like Jason said as well, Sanchez played ever so well. But I do think when you look at players like Bergvine, it's again an opportunity they didn't really take tonight in terms of you know being able to have an influence and have a dynamic towards this game. How would you sum that game up overall, Rich, in terms of um, aspects of Spurs trying to progress generally under Nuno? Yeah, well, it's uh, evening, everyone, by the way. And uh, just a quick, very happy birthday to Glenn Hoddle as well today, who's uh, 
or I don't think we'd have had much of that sort of a performance uh, as, as it manager. Wasn't, it wasn't but... a Glen, a Glen performance, was it, that one? A Glen no, no, it certainly certainly wasn't. And uh, no, you're right, at the back, we looked uh, we looked pretty, pretty solid. But again, let's see what they do on Saturday up against Man U, uh, you know, and, 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 and a better class of player. But like you say, Romero's settling down now. Um he done. He's done the reverse of me, hasn't he? He's gone from a Spanish-speaking country to an English-speaking one, and I've gone the other way. So I know firsthand how difficult it can be to settle in a in a foreign land, and uh, you know, just getting your feet under the table and finding your surroundings. So, but it looks like he's, you know, he's finally getting there now. And uh, yeah, he looks he looks a good player, same as Emerson Royal as well. Looks like there's something coming there. Sanchez, uh, vast improvement, you have to say, from where he was uh, last season, season before. It just looks like he's finding his feet a little bit. So, I don't know, just a few players there with the green shoots of recovery, really. And, uh, you know, just some something you're seeing. But again, like you say, players like Bergvine just don't seem to be grabbing their opportunity. Kane... I don't know. I mean, you know, people say, no, 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 he, he will score. He is, he's, he's okay. He's fine. You don't need to know football to see somebody's just not happy at the moment. It looks like to me he's still got the ump that he never got his move. And, uh, you know, this promise that was made to him is reneged on. And, um, yeah, he just he just looks off of it at the moment. To be honest, I I don't know. It, I hopefully rams it down my throat uh, come the weekend and and bags two or three um, versus Man U. But Sonny Lucas always playing with a smile on their face. I don't think it really matters who comes in and manages the club. Just some people go, all right, that's who's here. I'm gonna get on with it, and uh, you know I'm just gonna play my game and try and and give as much as I can. But Nuno's tactics, Rick. Honestly, if if he got invited on the Celebrity Master Chef, Nuno, they'd go to him. Right here, you go. There's two Wagyu steaks, it, like Sonny and Kane. Two five hundred quid Wagyu steaks. What are you gonna cook us, Nuno? And he'd probably go. Well, I think what I'll do is I'll put them in the mincer and I'll make a shepherd's pie and do some peas with it. Like I'm you know, no, he'd, crackers. He'd say he'd say I'm vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I don't I'm, like I'm me. Surprised, I'm surprised you give him 500 quid worth of steaks oh. at the moment or 500 quid worth of players the way it's going. <laughs> but um, that's what he'd do, Rick, wouldn't he? He'd mince them up and he'd make yeah. a boring, dull shepherd's pie out of it, you know? You wouldn't get it covered in gold leaf and that silly geezer with his, like, You wouldn't, get, you wouldn't get the BAE Whatever his name is. Honestly, he's shepherd's pie. He really is. Yeah. Um, I promise you that Nuno chat isn't far away. Let's come back around to you, Frank, um, because some will see that. And we've got to be open and honest as we do on the show um, as technically, you know, a deeply uninspiring affair. But Spurs maybe deserving of their place in a quarterfinal on the balance of play. Um, maybe a generous interpretation is that they kept it tight and wore Burnley down. But I think like the boys have said there, there wasn't really enough going forward. How much does that worry you, Frank? You said it so often in the last few weeks on the show about a lack of creativity. Can that be solved with the current squad we've got here, regardless of whoever the manager is, in your opinion? Well, I don't see where the goals are in the, in the squad, to be honest with you, generally. Um, how many players in that squad at the moment have, have been proof of consistent goals for us? Fair enough, you've got Deli Ali, regardless of what you think of him now. He has in the past done it and put numbers up. It's Kane and Son, but who else in that squad? 
Um, I think Luke has done it for one season for us. He got into double figures in, in Prem goals. But creativity is obviously an issue, but we, we can't even finish our chances because we, we don't have goal scorers in the team. Um, from midfield, we've got one senior striker at the club and we've scored nine league goals in nine league games. And it's it's just very evident of how we're playing, if we're being completely honest. It's not a surprise to any Spurs fan who watches us play. Um, so if, if we're going to stick with Nuno and we're going to play the style of football that he plays, then we're obviously going to have to get in one or two at least um, of his own players in, in January. Um, I think the trial race rumours have resurfaced, haven't they? Adama trial race because um, he hasn't signed his extension with Wolves or a new deal or whatever it was. So that, that, that's, again, floating around. Um, or Jason's you know, delighted about that. He, he divides opinion. He, he that's that's going to bring a lot of goals, isn't it? A eh? bloke who scored, what is it, four in 150 yeah, games? I think Jason, though, Jason, I still think you've got to be on the understanding. I said it to Frank numerous, so I just spoke about this earlier today, me and Frank, that, you know, he doesn't have to be the finisher. You know, that's why you've got Son and Kane in the team to finish the goals. You know, at well, the moment... offers more than Lucas and Bergman for me at the moment. I know Lucas, Lucas scored tonight, but he can wreak havoc on his own. But that, that is a different conversation. Going back to what you said about this squad and, and the manager and, and if we're moving forward, obviously, um, potentially what, you know, how we're going to, how strong we're going to be. Um, I don't know, Rick, because we, we lack a potency in our play. We lack a real urgency. I, I think we'll all agree with that. Um, and I don't know if he's the manager or the players anymore, because again, the, the manager doesn't inspire with, with, with the most confidence, to be completely honest with you. Um, as you know, I'm not a massive Nuno fan, but who in that team is going to score... 10 goals in a Premier League this season outside Son or Kane or get you 10 assists even from midfield. And yeah. I don't see anybody. Do you? No, not at the moment. And I think on your point about Nuno there, I mean, I'm struggling to find a lot of his fans at the moment. If if there are any fans out there, it would be good to know. Please give us a shout in the comments if you're still uh, a big Nuno fan. Um, at the moment, Jace, although like I say, it's good to get that win, but it still feels that every Spurs game at the moment feels almost like I could define it as an arm wrestle. Um, that could go either way, but the concerning aspect is, and as Frank really picked up on there, that Spurs were yet to actually beat a Premier League team by more than a goal in 11 attempts under Nuno. Therefore, on, on that basis alone, and focusing on, on the Nuno situation at the moment, can you see this working at all? Does it have a chance to, to work still? No, I, I, you know, let's be honest, we all know how it's going to end. It's just a question of when the plug is pulled. Um, but you know, there's there's a complication in pulling the plug for the for Tottenham in that it was Paratici's appointment, not Daniel Levy's. And so, if we pull the plug, you're completely undermining not just Nuno but the director of football as well, which is supposed to be the new be all and end all system. So, you know, it, I mean, if Nuno goes, the man who appoints him who had no idea of the culture of the club, there's another problem with it. And then why did the chairman appoint a director of football with no no idea of the culture of the club? So, you know, I, I, I just don't think they're brave enough to and, and, and responsible enough to say, look, this isn't working because they'll desperately try and cover each other's backs. And, oh, I've, I've got to support my director of football. So I think it will be, you know, we could lose 4-0 at home to Man United Sunday. I don't think Nuno will go. Rich, I think... What I'm trying to understand in this situation is that in the summer, Spurs' statement, which Daniel Levy put out there, and to be fair, you know, Daniel doesn't speak to the media that often. So when he does speak, naturally, you do seem to halt, you know, kind of hang on every coattail and every word that the man says. And obviously what came out from Daniel was the need to play, and I've got to get this right, free, uh, free-flowing, 
mm. attacking football. Well, it feels like we've tried to do now. Um, we're trying to actually make Nuno play a style which I don't think he's personally suited to. And I think this is where it's becoming very, very difficult for him. There, He's got a group of players there that he's trying to play a certain brand that he just simply isn't able to play because he just hasn't had this squad for quite a considerable amount of time. Maybe some of the players there, are, obviously he's not used to working with the nature of calibre of some of these guys. And like Jason says there for me, it feels like it's not, it, it doesn't feel like it's when, it's almost if. Uh, do you see what I'm coming from? This kind of mm, situation we're in yeah. at the moment. I, I don't know. We're, we're stuck in a real catch-22. If you read a lot of the comments, it's only going to end one way. But, I mean, mm. how long do we give this really to work, in your opinion? Well, firstly, Daniel Levy fronted up and got an absolute mauling from the in-house TV people. So, I mean, you know, it, it's... That that that's a nonsense, and it's an insult to our intelligence. You know, he, he wills out in front of uh, in front of state TV like Dear Leader in North Korea, and like you know, he's he's written the questions himself, and uh, there he is answering them. I, I'd like to see Daniel Levy front up on some something like this, or one of the pods, or going with, with somebody like Danny Kelly on Talk Talk Sport. And, uh, you know, Five Live, somewhere like that. B- BBC Sport Radio London, uh, e- even, you know, so- somewhere like that. So that he- he's not got any control over what he gets asked because, like, you know, that's just a nonsense speaking to them. But, you know, even within that, there he is saying that we want this and we want that. And we're simply not getting it, Rick. And Jamie, uh, Jamie Brown, who said on the uh, the BBC um, show on Monday night, which was excellent, by the way, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. He he actually said that uh, you know the, the director of football just isn't of a, a Spurs type. He's just not. It's oil and water, isn't it? His philosophies are not sort of Spurs philosophies. Nor are Nuno's. Nuno's aren't that that sort of Spurs. Philosophy. We had this with the last man that's that's gone to Roma. He wasn't a Spurs man either. So, and then you've got Nuno trying to play this type of football that he's not really into. Um, and then you've got this issue that I've highlighted before on the bench where you've got Paratici and Hitchin um, shouting instructions from behind Nuno. And it's just something I've never, ever seen in football before. Just... Get a manager in that plays the type of football that the fans enjoy, some attacking, expansive football, and let him manage. Just let him manage the team. One voice uh, and and go and play some football because we're all just bored to death at the moment of, of what we're seeing. So the whole thing just feels totally dysfunctional. And again, it will be Nuno... Um, who I sort of kind of feel a bit sorry for if this isn't his type of yeah. football, but he's mm. being forced into playing it. Um, you know, it will just go. But the man at the yeah. top won't. That's got mm. it wrong yet again and again and again and again. When does he go? He's the one that keeps appointing, making these wrong appointments. But you know, he's not going to sack himself, is he? But. In any other industry, if he was actually working for somebody other than, like, you know, Uncle Joe, he'd have been up the road by now. He'd be gone. If he was a minister, even a Tory minister, he'd be gone now. You know, it's just like, he's just so wrong all the time. He just keeps getting it wrong and wrong and wrong. 
The yeah. only appointments that have ever worked, Rick, are the ones that they've stumbled on yeah. or been or, or fall or fallen into. You know, Yoel, they sort of fell into Harry, they fell into, and then Potter, Maurizio, just, of course, yeah, yeah, of, uh, yeah. But every one of them they've sort of carefully selected have all just fallen flat on their ass. Yeah. And uh, you know, the last 20 years, so the whole thing at the moment, this structure, just mm. seems dysfunctional. Absolutely yeah. dysfunctional. I'd I, I just say, in fairness to Nuno, and I'm certainly not defending him because it, it drives me nuts, but Nuno is also paying the price for the turgid dross we've had for 18 months before it. So that, you know, we were hoping to see a change. But we've been in this turgid style of watching awful football now for for best part now of two years. So Nuno's only had, what, nine Premier League games. But it feels like the whole two years is his problem because we've had it all last year. Like yeah. I said, watching us, watching us go 1-0 up at home to a relegated Fulham and spend the next 75 minutes holding on to it. And, and games like that, you know... Um, you know the the dross we had with Newcastle was and Everton's at home last year and and uh, even a couple of games that we won. You know Arsenal. I mean the famous game against Arsenal last year where we were we were two 0 up with those great goals from Son and Kane. We never had a shot at goal in the second half of that game because we were sitting back holding on to it. So this is not new for Tottenham and it's not all down to Nuno that we're playing this way because it's been happening for two years. Frank, the question I want to ask you, so I don't think I've actually asked you this before. Um, we obviously go back, and the, the, bar- the barometer that's been set a few years ago has obviously been by Pochettino, by the way he took Spurs to, like I say, regularly becoming a top-four club, regularly playing Champions League football, and you know getting us to a point where we was consistently in title challenges. What I want to know from you is, at this point under Pochettino's reign, did you know what he was trying to do? Could you see a vision? Because I think like Jason says there, um, Nuno in some degrees maybe paying the price for the previous 18 months in terms of the style of football and play, where that's kind of transcended over quite a long period. Would you say during the nine to ten games in Pochettino's reign at that point, you could see a plan, you could see a vision of what he was trying to play? Just to try and play devil's advocate. Definitely, you, you could see a style. Um, although I wasn't his biggest fan, I'll be totally honest. I, I thought the job was too big to him to begin with. I, I held my hands up. Um, but yeah, you did see probably more of a style uh, based on what a manager's training and coaching them. The players seemed fitter. I think that was visible. We were getting fitter. But um, I think going back to what you were talking about with the last time we, we sort of consistently played well, and I was confident we, you know, we were winning matches consistently, it was probably going back to when Moussa Dembele was sold that Christmas because we subsequently went on to not win away in 11 months. We scraped our way to a Champions League final, which was brilliant. Obviously, it was unbelievable experience getting there. But we did. We scraped our way through to that final, um, although showing character and resilience. But that period from that December onwards through 2019 until today, you've got those players, the core of those who sort of went on the side. You've got the last of the signings that Pochettino made, Gio, Tangi Dombelli, Ryan Sessignon. They were obviously for a certain style of manager. Then you, get, you had a Jose influx of players, which Regulon's obviously there, uh, Matt Doherty, Hoiberg. These are all players that came on the Jose. And now Nuno's got all of these players, that mix of those different sets. And it's just a mishmash and there's no balance. And you can see in our performances. Um, I do believe we could be coached better. Um, I'm, I'm quite impressed, actually, with, with some of the new signings we've made. I, I quite like Emerson. 
uh, Royale. I might get a bit stick for, for, for saying that, but I think quietly he's, he's grown in confidence. And I think he played well tonight. He played well tonight. Once, once he gets more confident and he learns the language fluently and he yep. adapts to his, his home, new home surroundings, I can see signs in him and he's solid defensively. I like him. So um, mm. there are players that I like in this squad. I'm not saying I'm completely out of love with, with every single individual because they've gone on this decline, etc. There yep. are players I like, but I, I just would love to go back to, to when we used to play that football. Yeah. Um, even in, in the Pochettino reign in the early days, as I said, you could see it was going to be a little bit more exciting, a little bit different. We were going to go after teams and press higher. Um, but with Nuno, I, I don't know what, what I can see, really. I don't, I don't see too much. I mean, that, um, that, but like but, but said, we knew this, didn't we? We knew it with Nuno. I mean, you know, the stat, 82 out of 118 games at Wolves, nil-nil at half-time. So we keep getting to nil-nil at half-time. I mean, it's not... It's not. It, it's like you know, Crackers is a great one for his chef analogies. If you hire a chef who's 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 coup de gras is shepherd's pie, and you tell him right what's on the specials board tonight, and he says shepherd's pie, and you say, well, I don't want shepherd's pie. I want cocker van on the sh- bloody yeah. specials menu. Then you don't hire a bloke who can only cook shepherd's pie, do you? It's simple. Can I really ask you? Though, Jay? I want. I want he, do you know what he looks like, guys? He looks very much like a seventh choice appointment. And that's yeah. what the team looked like. The team looked like they're playing under a system made for them by a seventh choice appointment who plays counter-attacking football. And and, and those we're, players we're also to be know. Not. And those yeah. players know he's seventh. Yeah, they choice. know that. And, and it looks yeah. like he's trying to, as you said, Rick, he's trying to make us something yeah. that he's not. Um, yeah. He's a free, free at the back manager. His successes mm. in English football came in a back three and, yeah. and a five-two and a four and a four-three. And he's being forced to play at first his four-three-three and now his four-two-three-one, which he's never played. And that's what yeah. he looks like. My worry is, though, I mean, he showed apparently, Paratici showed Daniel um, that style, like you said there, Frank, what he played at Valencia. I'm just wondering, what's Daniel thinking when he's watching this from the stands? He must think, thinking, oh, <laughs> is this complete polar opposite to what I've been shown, you know, on, on these clippings before? But I just wonder, you know, coming over back around to you, Rich, um, you know, Jason says there about, you know, the the, the appointment. Um did the players fight for him at all tonight, Rich? Is there a fighting spirit there whatsoever, in your opinion? Are they giving up on him? Because we have got the win there tonight and the defence did play well. So I'm just trying to provide a bit of fair balance here to those that out there feel that it's going to take some time for it to work for any manager, any coach. Yeah, did, uh, do you know, that's, there's a weird juxtaposition because they do look like that they are playing for him. Um, you know, the Villa game, they look like it. The West Ham game in patches, they don't look like they're not playing for him, but it just looks like, in fact, it looks like they're playing for him a bit too much and playing <clears throat> within themselves and a bit too sort of conservative and doing what what he wants. So they, they, they do seem to care and they do seem to be fighting and you could see some passion in there tonight so uh yeah you know it's it's a weird one so it so you can only really put it down to that they're being coached to play with that with like with the handbrake on but uh, i just i think there's enough in this team to be able to play a little bit more expansively i mean you know loris i rate as a goalkeeper and he's he's top of the shop for for Shot saved, and I see a, a chart thing today. This is where you need Leon because he'd give you uh, like all the ins and outs. The blue, the blue book. But he was, yeah, exactly. You know, he's yeah. he's top of the top of the shop uh, for that. Um, Sanchez and uh, Romero look like they're coming on, and then Emerson, as we said, then in the middle, Skip and Hoiberg 
They give you a lovely, lovely a, a bit of defence there, a, a good shield. Undumbele, I just feel like if you took the handbrake off of him and just said to him, go and be Undumbele and go and do what you can do, I think he'd, he'd conjure us up plenty. And then you've got Son and Kane up front. I mean, like, there's not many better front twos in well football. Europe, they're fantastic front pair so you know there's there's a structure or a skeleton to that team which could give you so so much more yeah there's players on the fringes of it Reggie sometimes you know can be a little bit hit and miss and uh you know some of those players in that second 11 is is a worry but what I'm saying is there's that six or seven now which could give you a good quality, expansive uh, football. And you know what? If we're going to lose games 1-0 like we did against West Ham and a couple of other games, let's at least lose them and come away going, well, I'll tell you what, we gave that a go. I know we've lost today, but, you know, at least it was something to watch rather than just being bored to death all the time of it. I think, I think as well, that, that table that come out, uh, funnily enough, it was used to highlight Ollie's Oli Solskjaer's uh, inadequacy. Like. Yeah, yeah. But it, it shows the results between the top six since Oli had taken over. And Tottenham were nine points worse than any other team. I think in the 24 games, we'd lost 17 or 18. And in those 18 games, we've sat back and let the opposition come at us. And, and I keep hearing, well, we haven't got a squad that can play on the front foot. But there's 18 games we've sat back in and lost. So, you know, what good did it do sitting back? What, and the, the one game where we actually played on the front foot, we go to Old Trafford and score six. Now, I'm not saying that would happen every week and there were circumstances to that, but, but the, the stats are there. If you continuously sit back, you can see corners, you can see free kicks. We can't defend corners or free kicks properly, but we invite it on. We just stay in shape. There's no forward momentum to it. And we're going to lose games anyway. You know, we've lost, what, four games in the league already this year playing that way. So, you know, when does when does the penny drop with anyone that, do you know what, this just doesn't suit us. It doesn't suit us. And, you know, that Everton cup tie, you know, I know we lost 5-4 at Everton, but Jesus Christ, at least we all watched it and was a little bit excited that night. There was something to it and we made individual mistakes. But it's another night where we actually went, I think Jose picked about six attackers that night. We scored four goals. But is, it, but is it back down to the fact that, Jason, we've said this before, and I know it's infuriates you when I say this, that the reason why these managers, as in i.e. Mourinho and, and Nuno, the reason why we're not playing a bit more of a front foot style that would, as a fan, make you more content and happier to watch us is because simply he doesn't trust the players that he's got there to be able to do that. No, no I, I totally accept that. But I don't trust the players for us not to play it because we keep losing games. We lose every important game. So, you know, therefore you either lose going forward or we lose sitting backwards, don't we? That 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 table showed it. Nine. I mean, we're, we're taking the mickey out of Solskjaer who's picked up 11 points more in those games than we have. And we're, we're saying Ollie's a tactical lunatic. So what does that say about us who had a tactical master player? You know, we had the master tactician in charge. We're still mm. 11 points worse than Ollie. Yep. So, you know, he doesn't trust the players to go forward. I think it's he doesn't trust the players. It's not so much he doesn't trust them. They, I think with both Jose and Nuno, their brand is we are petrified of being caught on a counter-attack. Yeah, because we so, have got individual errors within our game. We know yeah, that. 
So we are not going to put ourselves in a position where if we lose the ball there, they can counter on us. But my argument is, but we lost 1-0 to West Ham. We still lost to Arsenal. We still lose to Chelsea. We still lose to, to Liverpool every time we play. And we lose stupid games all the time. We lose at home to Leicester last year. So, you know, what protection is it by not being caught on the counter-attack? Because we just concede goals from set pieces instead. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and this is the thing, isn't it? You, you do feel as a fan, um, as I've said before, that if you're not getting, the res- not getting the results and you're also not enjoying the brand of football, it's almost an impossible, impossible act to not want to change something. And before we go for our first break of the show, I'm just going to read out some of our listener questions. We've got over 50 coming. Thank you ever so much. Um, Ollie, a lot of these are dominated by, you know, you can imagine. Andy Perry says, how long do we limp along with this guy in charge? We all know it's not working, but if he sneaks a win like tonight, the club will keep on pretending like we are okay. Steve Bunyan says, I didn't fall in love with Tottenham watching this brand of football, that's for sure. I wish Daniel would do us all a favour now and sack Nuno rather than wait for us to string even more unacceptable results. Nuno's DNA does not match Spurs' DNA. It's boring. Why wait? Get rid now. Uh, we don't need another hero. We've got the Iron Dome. Says, have you ever watched a game before that was so bad that you couldn't even enjoy winning? And if that was not tonight the first time, we were barely better than a bunch of six foot four orcs who can't walk and chew gum at the same time. What an energy that is cracking. I think he's very, uh, trying, to, trying to battle you on that one there. Uh, Nathan Lumber says, another game where we felt like we were strolling in second or third gear for most of the game. Lack of intensity or wanting to take a risk by taking players on or moving forward in terms of running or passing. Romero does improve every game and Lucas shows others why the best thing to do is take players on. G Sweet underscore G Sweet says, when Nuno joined, he said he would make us proud again. The only thing he's doing to me, is making me feel even more sleepy. Steve Paul says, how much longer can we stand this diabolical sideways, backwards football? This can't be sustainable. As Spurs fans, we don't subscribe to this. Fans singing for the subs to be made. Surely this is the thin end of the wedge for Nuno. I tell you, it's... uh, Nuno, I took a lot of love for Nuno there right there. Um, And I must say one thing on him very quickly, because I don't want this to kind of come across as almost like a Steve Bruce... Uh, session where I know I see Newcastle fans towards the end of Bruce's reign. They got very passionate there. I've got to say that I think Nuno's a very nice guy, but um, I think it's a case where, you know, he's been sold a job where he just isn't the right makeup for it. And, and this is why I do feel for him. I don't know what you think about that, Frank, before we go for this break very quickly. It's very hard, I think, to, you know, bring a guy in when you've given a statement before about playing an attacking brand of football that's free-flowing, and then you appoint someone that, to me, feels the complete opposite of that ideology. Well, it's just a, a, an absolute shambles from start to finish because we go from a, um, a disgr- disgruntled fan base who were disappointed with watching what we were watching under Jose Mourinho. Um, he's then got a huge decision to make to replace him. It goes for more of the same, or Jose about the trophies, as some are calling him, completely against the DNA of the club, which was obviously why we were so frustrated with Jose. Um, and I, I just cannot believe he's made that decision. And the way it was handled as well, the, the managerial search, the leak of the news with Conte, um, what Fonseca subsequently come out and said, Gattuso, it was just shambolic. So are we surprised that it's ended up as it's ended up because of the way it was handled in the summer and, and the fact that we appointed Nuno anyway, just goes against everything Levy said that, that was going to happen. So I'm not surprised, to be honest with you, Rick. Yeah, um, we are going to go for our first break of the show. Taking into this break for the moment, you are going to hear from the current Spurs head coach, Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, when we come back, we'll be discussing some of the players' performances from that game and looking ahead to Manchester United to come 
at the weekend. Okay, pitch over with Nuno. Nuno, 1 0 win, showed a lot of character there tonight, didn't we? Yeah, character and good game. I think we had a lot of chances, a lot of situations that that uh, we could do better, but it was a very good game. I think uh, it's a tough, tough uh, team to play against. Burnley is a good team. Um, and the boys did well. They work hard, they were organized, and they play good football. In the first half, we could have finished better the actions, but we had clear pitches in the second half to, to make a different score. Uh, but congratulate the players because they did very well. Yeah, I mean, we were in control, Nuno, weren't we? But then, on about the hour mark, we just seemed to just turn it up another gear, which was obviously what led to the goal eventually. Yes, yes, that was the, what the, the game required, more more movements in the, in the space, try to drag uh, the defence of, of, um, of Burnley, and uh, the boys did it. Then it was up to, to move the ball fast and create um, the spaces to, to finish the actions much better in the second half. And Lucas just said to us, that last 10 minutes was like a war. Yeah. You have to deal with the aerial yeah. bombardment, don't you? All the game, all the game, because they are so strong on, on, on the things they do, the long balls, the second balls, and they have good players to finish the actions on the box. Defensively, we were, we were spot on it. We did it very well. And just the last one, I mean, great to see Lucas on the on the score sheet because he's, he's like a Mr. Reliable, isn't he? He's always there for you, isn't he? Yeah, and he had before, before that's what we mentioned in the halftime. When you have clear chances, to try and take it, try and take it. Uh, and Lucas did, did not, he didn't do in the first half, he didn't fantastically in the second half. Brilliant stuff. Well done to Thank that. you. Let's steer the show around to you because uh, Spurs ahead of the game made six changes for this one. Uh, Harry Kane was one of those who remained in the team from the defeat. He was actually given the captain's armband tonight along with Romero, Hoybier also including that starting 11. Uh, Son on the bench, Doherty back in the squad. Um, the headline news before the game of course was the um, nature of both Harry Winks, Deli Alli, two of the players not part of Spurs' squad in Lancashire with Nuno Espirito Santo electing to leave both of them out despite having the option to name nine names on that bench. So didn't even actually bring them in the squad as he had the option there to actually include them and it wouldn't have been a problem. Um, actually, after the game, he commented and said that they are our players. We continue to focus on getting the best out of each of our players. Delhi is one of those we have to try and do that with. Nuno then confirmed that they will both be assessed along with every other Spurs player ahead of the United game. Um, I think we've been there on Winks and Delhi so many times this season where we've both yeah. said, that, you know, these guys need a fresh challenge. Um when he does that, Rich, from your perspective, he drops these players. We're not silly, right? We know there's clicks in that dressing room anyway. Is he not making it even harder for himself and almost to try and galvanise that dressing room when he does that? Or do you back him and say, do you know what? Well done for being strong and actually standing by your decisions and conviction for that. Well, the trouble with modern football is, Rick, back in the day... A manager would have probably come out and gone, well, their attitude stinks, so they're not they're not in this side, and that's that. Somebody like Clough would have come out, but you can't manage players like that anymore. And uh, uh, Winks, I feel a bit sorry for because, like, he 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 tries his best, but his best isn't good enough. It's as sim simple as that. I'm more annoyed with Delhi. Delhi annoys me because he's got talent for days. Yet he just seems to be just drifting. He just jots, jets them and flots them. He's just, he's he's wasting. He's absolutely wasting his talent, wasting his career. But, you know, if you don't want to be at Spurs, then go go elsewhere. It's, manager after manager is trying to get a tune out of him. But I don't know. It's just something going on in that boy's life. Where he's it's come away from from football, you know, it, it like 
I, I don't know what it is, Rick. I don't know whether it's something to do with the family upbringing he had. It doesn't sound like he's got much of a family around him from what you hear anecdotally. Um, you know, so, so you know, he's not got that family structure. He's not got somebody guiding him. I don't know what it is. Made a few quid and just gone, oh, that'll do me. Like, you know, it, it's a difference. A player like Ronaldo. He's, he's 30, how old's Ronaldo now? 34, 33, 34 years old. He's still still training seven days a week, yeah. three three times a day. You know, mm. I mean, he could have pulled the ripcord four years ago and, and, and looked like the original Ronaldo now. Do you know what I mean? He could have been a, like in a pair of my old trousers, like size whatever waist, and everybody had gone, well, great player. But there he is. He's still training three or four times a day. Now, you know, I'm not saying a pl- anybody else could get to his level, but you could certainly be at his level of commitment and training and attitude and hunger, but it just doesn't seem to be there with Delhi Now, whether that's because he's just fed up with being at Spurs and needs a new challenge, I don't know. He, he annoys me. Winks doesn't annoy me. Winks, bless him, uh, he's just just not up, up to the job. So uh, I think it's right that they, they get left out. Maybe the club's got the ump with Winks because he's actually kind of gone to the press and, and and said a bit too much than he should have. You know how the club tries to control the press and, and the media and uh, and what comes out of there. So, you know, maybe he's been like kind of suspended, if you like, for, for having something to say in, in the press. So, but, yeah. you know, Nuno's just gone very uh, vanilla on it, hasn't he? Oh, you know, every player we assess, every player's got a chance. Every, you know, he, he's just done a cover all, all statement there. So, um, but if we'd have taken them, what would they have offered us in this game tonight? Very little. Well, do you know what? I mean, Jay's coming over to you. Um, question on the screen there from Tim Merritt says, would like to have Jason's thoughts on Nuno um, as he's making Jose look amazing. This is not the Spurs I know. We look clueless as paper over cracks. I know you've already partly answered this question on Nuno, but the question I want to ask you is that a couple of days ago, in reference to what Tim Manor said there, um, he came out after dropping Delhi and said, you know, we need to support him. We need to show him, you know, and back him. And I don't know what that does to the players' confidence again, that once again, when you've got the opportunity there to field nine subs, and I'm not saying that it's the right thing to bring Delhi to this game, but more than, all I'm questioning is that if you're sitting there in a press conference saying you need to back him, and then you're dropping him again, and it's again going to create headline news as it does on Spurs Twitter, what does that do to the rest of the dressing room around? You know, there's clicks as we know in that dressing room. That can't be helpful to him as well when he's trying to quieten down the speculation over his own current future about getting these first pairs on side, right? We, we don't see it all, do we? I mean, you know, it's, you try and come out and back your players in public. All managers do that. So he, he can't sit there and say, no, I can't stand them. It's a waste of time. I think the only time that's really happened... Uh, at Tottenham was when, well, Jose did it with Delhi and, and he did it with Ndombele after the game, ironically at Burnley, didn't he? When, do you remember that first half where he took him off at half time and, and came out afterwards and said it? But it, it's not the way for managers to do it. But you don't know what happened after Saturday or after Sunday where we're 1 0 down, Delhi doesn't come off the bench, we lose another derby. You don't know if Delhi has said something after that game to Nuno. Uh, what's the or has overheard saying it? We we just don't know, so I, I feel a, a little bit. But you know, it's no surprise that Delhi's not included. I'm, there's no bigger fan of, of of Delhi than me. You know that, and you know in the group he would 
I've, I've said it before, I, I totally accept the fact that Delhi's not in the team, but I still don't see a number 10 that's scoring goals and making assists and dominating games week in, week out. I've seen Gio tonight, uh, a tidy performance, a tidy performance, but has he really dominated the game tonight, Gio? Has he, has he carved open four or five openings? Has he had a few pops from outside the box? Has he, has he wowed us all? No, it's just been a tidy performance. Tidy, that's it. So, you know, it, it, I, I accept Delhi's not in the team, but, you know, Gio's in his third year, Tongi's in his third year. We're still waiting for them to, to put a consistent run together. So this is our problem that we've got with the creativity in the team. And to answer the, the, the first guy with his question, I think we went to Burnley under Jose last year. We won 1-0 with our first shot at target being the 72nd minute. So really, was tonight worse than what it was last year? The year before that, we, had, we played Burnley. We drew with Burnley with a Deli Alley penalty. And Jose had us our first shot on target. I think that day was the 55th minute with Ndombele and Skip taken off at half-time. So, you know, has, has that really made Jose look brilliant tonight? Let's come around to you, Frank. What do you think, Frank, at the moment, for those two players that have been subsequently, I say, pushed aside? Um, and just got, I've just got to say for the listeners out there that I'm not suggesting these guys should be in the team based on their performances. But I'm just merely asking the question for devil's advocate here, as does that in a way disrupt that dressing room by making that headline news, by not bringing those players in when you've got the sake of fielding nine subs and you are trying to, at the moment, calm the noise from outside the camp? Do you see where I'm coming from? There's an opportunity. Yeah, I of do course. That. I mean, we don't know what it's like inside that dressing room, but... Yeah, obviously, Deli Ali, you can imagine, is popular. He's been there for, for a while. Um, he was back-to-back PFA Young Player of the Year. All the ability in the world. But, I mean, he looks like a different human being, let alone a different player. Body language, build. Um, he's obviously a lot older than he was. We're talking about, at the moment, his prime years being when he was a kid, basically. But he's lost that edge for me. That whole swagger that he had, that, that he, was, he played on the edge. He had that nasty streak, which all well, a lot of the, the great players have had and, and have. And I didn't mind him getting his red card once every 10 or 15 games or wherever it was when he'd leave his foot in and, um, you know, he had that spite in him or he was, he was playing on the edge. But he's just completely seemed to be devoid of that, which leads me to believe he can't be interested at the moment. Um, I think just in life, sometimes things go stale for whatever reasons. I think that's a case here where he might even move away and have his Lingard moment and go, go to a team like a West Ham and go and reinvent himself and start scoring and assisting again. Probably. But at Tottenham, I think he's 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 done, um, and I think for, for for his own sake, he needs to move. Harry Winks, I agree with Crackers. He's never been good enough for me. Um, we we do judge him quite harshly, harshly on the fact that if we remember, he had quite a bad injury. And do you remember Pochettino said it was career threatening? Yeah, he said he'd be playing in pain for forever now, and it was. I can't remember when that was, but it seems to me since that moment, and since that's that's happened physically, he's lost something. So um, decline. I think yeah. we. Yeah, he needs to move. But I don't know what we'll get from now because collectively we probably would have got, and I'm not exaggerating, at one point in time, um, nearly £100 million for Deli Ali at his age and what he was doing and probably nearly £50 million for Winks at one point when he was playing for England um, and bossing Real Madrid. Although I still yeah. can't believe that ever happened. But, you know, performances yeah. like that uh, yeah. are a million miles away. What would we get for the pair now if we are looking to sell them? And, and what does it also mean? This is actually a genuine question for our homegrown quota to sell to English great because point. I can't think so, of any yeah. English players that we could sign to improve us that would either come or, or are good enough. 
Well, I think that's a great point there, Frank, because I think that's one of the reservations Spurs have always had in terms of selling English players of that concern when it comes to that homegrown quota. So I'll be very interested when January does come around that I'm sure um, if both of them aren't going to be featuring between now and January, which on the basis of what we've seen so far, um, it's looking highly likely, they're both going to want to move on. Delhi's going to want to play games. Uh, Winkleyfield needs that move for his career as well. Um, I do want to discuss uh, Brian Hill coming over to you, Rich, because... Um, I think these last few games, I've got real promising hopes for Brian. The shame tonight is that obviously he's picked up what looks to be a hamstring injury. Um, he seems to tell himself that he couldn't carry on. You know, I think for me at the moment, he does seem incredibly raw. And I, again, it's, it's not easy coming into a team that is underperforming and there's mm. enormous pressure on the manager. What have you made of him so far? Because um, we've, we hope that, you know, he's going to have the chance to hopefully learn off, um, take this as you will, the likes of Son. We hope he does. I mean, Lucas and Bergwijn for maybe some of their inconsistencies. Um, there's players there that hopefully can pick up some decent attributes from. Have you still got real high hopes for Hill or are you maybe concerned for what you've seen so far in these couple of displays? No, he's he's very, very young. Uh, uh, to go back to those two stakes that we was given to Nuno, instead of making them shepherd's pie, give them to Brian Hill because he looks like he needs a couple. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, you know, he's, that, 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 that's him, though. He reminds me in that respect, physically, of Gareth Bale, this skinny little yeah, good point, kid that came. Um, then he got that ankle injury and all of a sudden yeah. he came back. And he was like, when he was oh, like, God. Wow, if he's half the power, he is, then maybe maybe work out for the best. This maybe work out for the best. Exactly. So I think you know, I think Brian Hill, you know, he he just needs to get in the gym. He needs to toughen up. He needs to bulk up. But when he does, well, he's got an engine and he's got skill for days, absolutely days. And uh, like, like I said before, there's some of the coaches out here in, in where I live in Spain or in the Canary Islands have said, like, you've got a real player, real talent on your hands there. And praise doesn't come easy in this part of the world either. You have to be very, very impressive to to imp- to impress people, it's it's not just not that type of culture. But uh, a lot of the coaches here were saying, yeah, yeah, he's he's a real real prospect. But you know, he's got he's got a long way to go. Still, he has got a bulk out. He's got you know he could fall by the wayside. But then he could also he has got it in his locker to go on and become very, very good, very good for us. He excites me. He excites me watching him. He does get brushed aside a little bit, but... But let's see. Let's get him. Let's get him down the gym and uh, and see where we go. If we get Triore in, Jace, maybe he can uh, take him for a few few workouts. <laughs> and uh, you imagine that Brian Hill at Triore, uh, uh, like, you know God. Triore's build. Wow! Oh what a God! Player. What a player that would be. <laughs> I think even Jace would be rubbing the baby all on for him if that's the case. Put it on for him. Um, I like him, Rick. I do like him. He's he's one we've got to give some time to and manage him. Manage him. Where we are as a club, where we are as a club right now, we we have to try and find some positives that are going to keep us motivated Mm. mentally uh, to do these shows as well. Uh, Jason's come around here because Spurs did get their breakthrough finally. Uh, Lucas with a firm head into the ground beyond Pope from Royale's cross. Actually, a really good cross from Royale, as Frank picked up on earlier. Um, but Lucas on a lot earlier than he expected um, after Hill's injury, of course. That final ball was lacking towards the end of that first half, where Spurs in a very good position. Did score that crucial opener as he headed home unmarked. 
Um, Lucas, he seems to always pop up, Jace, with big vital goals for Tottenham. Another one there. Um, I know it's only the Carabao Cup. It's No, it's only Burnley. Uh, that's a player there that I think when he does play, he does play with a real passion. Would you agree? Yeah, I think he, he always looks to do something positive. But, I mean, that's what we're, we're saying when, when I talk about it's, it's easy to say drop Kane. You say he pops up with vital goals. It was his first goal since February. You know, we're a week away from really? November. Really? Yeah. It's his first goal since February. And Stephen Bergvine scored one last season. You may look really good there, Jace. I appreciate yeah, that. And that's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Of of the players in our current team, yeah. Yeah. he gets into our strongest team, Lucas Mora. But actually, yeah. that's what I say. When you look at what he delivers to the team in terms of goals and assists... Actually, not a lot. He hasn't not been a, a regular lot. contributor for a few years now. He had that no. one season of double figures in the in the Prem, a hat trick against Huddersfield. Um, but since then, he hasn't contributed consistently to our numbers. He hasn't. But I this think is the what he does, is... though, is he, he contributes some amount of forward play. Mm. Yes, He's yeah, a yeah. player that will go forward. He will yes. run, make a 20, 30-yard run and take a couple of players on. And I think... Mm where everything else at the moment is just so too Bob Ooh. in that department. Yeah. yeah, I think he gets forgiven all his other shortcomings because he's at least something of a Tottenham-esque uh, of old. That yeah, he's direct. He's direct. He's direct. Yeah. He's direct. He's direct. He but go... he's frustrating crackers. He's yeah. so frustrating. If, if he could look he's got the ability, yeah. but he just yeah. needs to get his head up more. Yeah. Yeah. I was about but to say, Frank, at least he... he does that. And I think yeah. that's why people go yeah. like, he, no him. one gives him any stick. Because no. he just is a little taste of, of what we used to be, isn't yeah. he? So he brings a bit of, of much-needed pace to the team. Like I said, I, you know, if I'm picking my side Saturday or any team, Lucas Moore is currently in my team. But when yeah. I look at... But actually, I sit there once I've picked the team and think Lucas Moore is in our strongest team. I actually find myself then saying, do you know what, deep down, I wish he wasn't in our strongest team. I want somebody who's going to deliver real quality consistently yeah. in those areas of the team. And we don't have that. Yeah, it's it's really tricky on, on Lucas because I, I totally agree with what you guys are saying there that, you know, ultimately, um, when you look at that first season and what he contributed, I think the problem is, like I say, when he got that brace away at Manchester United and played ever so well, and then we've seen him pop up with important goals. He's obviously scored at Anfield for us. Um, Ooh, Barcelona. Think, Barcelona, of course, that crucial goal. Uh, the element is, I think, we thought we were getting ourselves a player that's going to really have um, a defining impact. And, of course, he scored that hat-trick in Ajax, where I know many fans feel he's almost living off that moment as that hat-trick in Ajax. But I think where we are right now, coming over to you, Frank, is because we're in a situation where we are craving out for something to hold on to, some kind of hope, some kind of positivity in these desperate times, are we wrong to think we can rely on Mora when you look at what's out there? Is it also a lack of competition for his place as well that also isn't pushing the likes of Bergvine, him on? You know, is that a big problem as well? The lack of competition for his We've place? Got pro- problems with our wide players. We're barring Son, obviously he's a shoe and he plays from the left and cuts inside. We know exactly what he does. Um, and we're, we're obviously happy, star quality. But th- that other space, I don't think we've got enough. Um, you've got Stephen Berg winning for me. He's had, what, now two years? Um, what has he done? He, even when he has had chances in big games at Anfield and, and other games that, you know, I can't quite remember at this moment. He doesn't seem to do it. He's not convincing. Um, no in product for me. And, yeah, I think we could do better than Lucas. Does Lucas get into any of the other big six front threes? 
Would they, you know, would they want to have him in their squad? He would, he's hoping to get, uh, get into the top four. I think we've got to say, there's no for him for other clubs. I mean, I don't even think we've had any interest in him. Um, obviously, I love his passion. He does offer his pace. Yeah. There is a bit of impetus mm. there, and he can mm. break lines and, and presses and so on. I, I get that. But yeah. I just, as Jason said, I want to be wowed. I want to see him product. Um, yeah. And we don't get that from him. And if we're thinking, I mean, it's a long way off. But if we do have aspirations to get back into the top four. And, yeah. and get back into the top six because we finished seventh last season. We we need to be doing better than Lucas Mora. As a, mm, well, as I mean, on, on on the screen there, uh, Rise Me Rhyme says Mora definitely isn't to blame. He's been the most consistent, one of the most consistent players in terms of driving through defenses. No one else is currently doing it. That's a fair point. I've um, actually got a question in here. Let's come around to you on this crackers. This is from Stuart M. Who says, in my opinion, Lucas needs to play through the middle as he gets lost on the wing. He can be much more direct and commit players. And I thought his header was of quality tonight. Um, he now needs to carry on this form. Interesting to hear your thoughts on that personally. What do you think? Is the, is it? Should we be planning for the middle for you? Uh, yes, I, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I think he sort of offers a little bit more through, through the middle. Um, but like the points has already been made, he's got to find that little ball and not and not come up against a block shot or or you know a foot comes out and takes it away or you know he's just got to try and find that little bit of extra quality um but again like jason said earlier how far up the field are we pressing so when he does get there his options are limited you know if if we're not getting enough bodies up and around him it's normally a very difficult pass he's trying to pick out. So, again, he may become a different player in a better system or, or you know, he gets a, an easier option to lay off in that final third or around the box. But if you have only got Kane there and he's being double marked, then where does Lucas go with it? You know, if he's got mm. one or two others up with him, he may be able to pick a few more passes out. So... Uh, again, maybe it's the system that's letting a lot of these players down, or not not letting them be be able to shine. So, I don't know, six and, one and a half and dozen and the other Rick, isn't it? And the other, the other problem is you, you can say Lucas is is better suited to playing centrally. So if we play him centrally, what do we do with Tongi? What do we do with Gio? Yeah, we can't all play centrally. Yeah. No, and you know the, the big thing with all of them, Gio, Tongi. Delhi currently, Lucas all want to play centrally and we say they should play centrally, but they're conceding or they they don't score goals and they don't score make assists. If you look at Sonny, you could make a case for saying, well, Sonny can play more centrally because he gets goals and he gets assists. So he gives you, even when he doesn't play centrally, he still gives you enough to think, yep, he, he could do that role. But the others, Bergvine, could he play centrally? Probably thinks he could go down the middle, but no goals, assists. Lucas, first goal since February. You know, Tongi gets one at Newcastle and at Sheffield United, but, you know, it's not, not enough, at Chelsea, Chelsea not at it's Liverpool, not, not at Arsenal, not at Aston Villa. You know, games like that. Geo doesn't. So, you know, we, we want all these players to play centrally, but they don't produce the numbers enough to give you the confidence to say, OK, then go and do it. And if they do get a chance to go and do it, and for two or three games they don't, how mm. long do you persist with that? Do you say, okay, give give you twenty games as a number ten? Yeah, and well, through so, the club, Rick, it, it just doesn't feel like just just not quite enough, does it? Except for the fans, the fans are the only constant yeah. that overgive. But yeah. then you know, at the top, it just doesn't feel quite enough from from Enoch with the football side of it. 
give them a game of NFL or a boxing match or, you know, a boxing contest or a Lady Gaga concert, well, then there's, or, you know, buying up a row of houses like some sort of N17 version of Monopoly <laughs> and they seem to be all over it like a rash. Just not enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, just not enough from the management, just not enough from from these players. Just It just doesn't seem to be enough. I mean, we spoke earlier on a WhatsApp group. On Saturday, when Chelsea were 5-0 up against Norwich, 5-0, and Kepper was facing a one-on-one uh, against the, the Norwich forward, he broke, a, he broke his neck. To save that, it was Mendy, Mendy crackers, Mendy, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Mendy, yeah, Mendy. It yeah. was like that's the attitude that, that yeah. you need. Five nil up, and and they're still doing that. Did, yeah. did not want to concede a goal. That's what you have to have to get to as a club, as a team, as a management team, as a club. The whole like ethics and ethos around the club needs to be that. And, and that's what gets you over the line and wins you these big shiny trophies, wins your titles and, and wins you everything. But yeah. we, we haven't got that attitude at the club. And that is, that's what that's where we're lacking. There's a whole attitude of just enough, but it needs to be more, Rick. It's got to be more. I, I think the, and what you say there, Rich, is that the problem is if, that is, if that's the attitude at the top, then that only filters downwards, right? And this is the big problem where, you know, unless everybody is of the same mindset that, you know, we're going out to achieve the same goal, the same principles, the same vision and belief. It's going to be very hard to achieve those things if we're not all in tandem. We all want the same thing. I think at the moment it's very much distorted about what that message is. And we still want to know what that message is at the moment, right? We had the trust on a couple of weeks ago. Subsequently, since that trust has come on, um, they've actually turned around and said the board, they're going to actually be speaking to the trust. So let's see what does come out. Funny that, isn't it, Rick? Funny that. Funny, funny how the club didn't want to speak to the trust and then they come on here and like uh, basically were outed as just not wanting to speak to them. Then the next day, oh, no, 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 come, come in for a chat chat now. You know, that's, that's, that's just cynical. Yeah, I mean, we're in a difficult moment, aren't we? I mean, as a club, we, you know, as fans, um, we all want to feel that we can pull together and try and get this road back on track. But there is so many divisions with the board, with the manager, with the players, with the brand of football, wherever you wherever you turn to, there's a problem. And you're almost firefighting so many different issues. And I think uh, Fiona on the screen, this is it all, you know, our culture is that'll do. And until we get out of that mindset of that'll do, we're going to be stuck in this cycle. Um, let's come back round to you, Fred, if we can. One player you mentioned earlier, trying to get on a positive here, is Emerson Royale, because um, he got the nod again at right back. He made a vital clearance to close his own line early on from John and Berg. Goodmanson's cross. He didn't have many opportunities to attack in that first half, but did make it count. Of a lovely cross to tee up Lucas Moore for the opener. Frank, are you seeing positive signs from Emerson Royale after what was a difficult few weeks into his reign? He had a hard one week, then Chelsea. Yeah, the next, a tough, tough then start. Arsenal, a tough start, and also was flown around, around the world as well uh, during the international break. I must add as well. I think he's done done okay. Um, obviously, the Palace game, he, there were circumstances as well, the red card, the dire injury. He, he looked poor, obviously, to, to hard gave him a torrid one. But I think he's been okay since then. I actually think he was one of our better players against Chelsea when they beat us at home. I think defensively he's been sound. Um, he's quite good in the air as well. He's not small fullback, is he? I think he's five and eleven and a half. Um, and it just felt a little bit against West Ham, like he's been a bit cautious going forward. I'm not sure if he's being told to do that. Well, that's just him feeling his way into the Premier League. But he's obviously got a nice delivery on him because on the occasions that he does get forward, and put a cross in. 
they're, they're usually good ones. And and that was a pitch tonight for, for Lucas's header. And uh, I think there was one other just after as well, which could have been a goal. We put a lovely ball in, which we probably should have done better with. So um, Spurs Twitter wrote him off, or quite a few of them did, didn't they, after a, a couple of sticky games. But I that's, think that's we'll not come like, good that's for not us. like Spurs Twitter at all, Frank, is it? We don't write players well, well, on People that, look at him again. They, you look at it one or two games, you can't judge a player, and I'm still not judging him now. You've got to give him 10 plus games, yeah. in my opinion, at least, at the very, very least. And until, obviously, he gets settled and, and better with the language and, and more sort of acclimatised to his surroundings, yeah. um, it's hard to judge him. But I think the only signs are positive. I do. Yeah. Um, and I hope he just builds on, on tonight's performance. I thought he was one of our better players. Um, I think that's his first assist, and it is for, for Spurs. It was. Yeah, it was. It does indeed. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, onwards and upwards for him, hopefully. Totally agree. And let's come back around to you, Jace. Um, you mentioned him earlier, and I do want to pick up on him, Davison Sanchez. It was a bit of a shaky start. And there was a moment midway through that first half where he and Christian Romero left the ball to one another, which could have proved costly. Um, but he had to deal with, let's not forget, Chris Wood and Barnes late on, but coped really well on the whole and produced an outstanding block from Maxwell Cornell's late effort. And I think what we have to bear in mind with Sanchez is that he's not had much game time at all. Um, we've heard nothing from him in terms of throwing his toys out the pram. And this was a player that, you know, we've got to say a couple of seasons ago, was a consistent player in that team. Whether you like it or not, he was. So I wonder how he feels now being a bit part player and then putting a performance like that tonight. Is that not what we want to see from players? That kind of performance to say, that's why I should be playing. Absolutely. And and you're right. We've given him plenty of flack for the past couple of years, but I thought he had a really good game tonight. It's good to see. And when you leave players out, that's the response you want from them. They come in and they do the, they do the job. Um, I, th- I thought he had a really good game tonight because... You know, Burnley do play a specific way. It is lots of long balls and lots of balls pumped into the box. And he looked he looked a, a centre-half that was equipped to deal with that. Davinson Sanchez, we know, a little bit like Eric Dyer. There's there's the mistake in him. You know, and, and if he'd have made one tonight, we're not shocked. But fair play to him. A really good performance from him tonight. And it puts, you know, I still think Eric Dyer and, and Romero play against Man United. But, you know, it's the type of performance tonight that, you think, well, if he does play Saturday, so be it. You know, you're not panicking like mad. But no, full credit to him tonight because it's not easy to come in like that. Right. And and I think I think there's times as well where the games you do get, you very much know you're the backup player. So um, you know, and you have to mentally get your head around that as well. That you, he probably thinks even himself, if I played really well tonight, I'm not going to play Man United, and that's that's hard to. Yeah to really motivate yourself for. So, no, full, full of praise with Davinson Sanchez tonight. Understood. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Richard's come around to you. Christian Romero, um, again, a fairly solid performance there um, up against Burnley's front men. He actually helped Spurs see out the game. Um, another good shift from him. Is he quietly unassumingly now, Rich? Just showing us what he's capable of. I know it's early days. Um, he comes in with, obviously, a big reputation. I'm going to come to Frank in a second. I know he's a massive fan of Christian Romero. Uh, but for you, Rich, are you quite pleased with what you're seeing now from him in the last couple of games? Yeah, very much so. And, uh, you, you know, it's one of those positives from tonight. A, a game we, we won, by, by the way. So we should, we you know, we should keep that. It, it's a cup game and, and we got through. Yeah, there was things that didn't look great. And you, I know we always look at the bigger picture and you think to yourself, oh, you know, performance and that. But... He, he was good. He was solid, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. He's he's class. He's classy. He's got um, I don't know. There's, he's got that defender 
X factor, you know, he just knows where to be. He's a little bit wily, a little bit cute. He played in Serie A and he was you know, top, top defender there. So, you know, plays plays international football as well. So finding his feet and uh, I, I think he's going to, he's going to kick on. And hopefully, hopefully Rick, as players like him kick on, he pulls up players around him who may be not, kicking on, you know, if Sanchez alongside of him, he pulls him up as well. And then which helps to pull another player up and another player up. And the more players all of a sudden that you've got pulling up, you start to snowball effects. So I don't know, with one or two players like Romero um, and like Emerson uh, coming in and just beginning to show that little bit of class, a little bit of something more, a bit of what's been lacking, it, it spreads. It, it starts to spread, and and you get that snowball up uh, effect. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe this season there is hope yet that the performances and results begin to get better as players find their feet more and more and more. Let let's hope. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm obviously going to get onto it. Saturday's mm. another another massive telltale, yeah, isn't it? Of course, it's, see, yeah. see what comes of that. But from tonight, listen, we're through. Happy, happy days in cup football. Sometimes it isn't, it isn't the greatest, but but you but you get through. So yeah, uh, yeah and we have to praise that, don't we? We do indeed. We but, do. But that's the thing, you know. It's cut, the important thing was just to win the tie, and mm. you know, in, in amongst all the the problems we've had, we just wanted to win that game tonight, and we've done it. And as I say, in in fairness to us, even though the football wasn't great in that, we actually won it comfortably. You know, yeah. there was no stage in that game where you thought we're we're in big problems here. Uh, and that's we, credit we, to the defence, isn't it? That's credit to the defence yeah. we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's credit. So you know, mm. in amongst it all, we can we can you know what I'm like with the style of football. It's so important, but we have got through the game tonight, and yeah, and we are into the quarterfinals, and who knows where that takes us from there. Yeah. Uh, Frank, just very quickly, because I know you whack the record about this guy every time I speak to you, uh, Christian Romero. I know you're a massive fan of his. Um, how pleasing are you, Frank, to see the last few displays, him looking now quite astute, settled in, as I use that word, unassumingly in that back line. Have you got confidence, Frank, that he will also, in a way, galvanise the players around him defensively to make us a bit more assured at the back? And what's been, let's be honest about it, we see so many individual errors considered by this team season after season. Is that one player enough like we saw Van Dyke go into Liverpool to almost increase the quality around him? I think the big difference with Van Dyke, I know we went in the January, but the following summer they got Fabinho and Alisson. So the, that is just a huge difference. To have those three in, in to any team's defence transitions it completely. So um, I think he does need help. I think there will be perhaps another centre-back partner to, to help him. Um, I mean, Eric Dyer, I think he's been okay this season, but is he the answer? Again, depending on where our ambitions are and where we want to be and who we want to challenge. I don't think he is. Um, but yeah, massively positive signing. I love Christian Romero, um, number one defender in Serie A last season. Um, what I like as well, he's got that bit of hard man mentality, the South American way, that bit of devil in him, bit of spite. Uh, would have been interesting to have him and Lamella in the same team because they're both a little bit similar in that, that sense. True. But yeah. I think we are still too much of a nice team. Um, and I think teams wouldn't be intimidated playing our individuals, playing mm. against us for any form of physical battle or anything like that. Um, so it's nice to add that to the back line as well. And I think he's got a bit of everything. I know he's he's mainly a front foot defender um, that likes to go for everything. I think once he learns that he doesn't have to go for every duel, particularly from behind the player, and he learns to stand off a bit and, and judge that better, 
Um, I think we've got one of the the leading young centre-backs in European football. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he can only get better. But I do think we need to add one or two around him to, to help him out. And uh, totally so probably, I imagine next summer, they probably will look at another centre-back. Yeah, well, I hope, uh, for all our sakes, Frank, we uh, we advance that to January. I, I really hope so, because... Um, I can't see us getting a centre-back in January, Rick. I, I, I just can't see it, being honest. It um, probably isn't, like you say, high up on summer. the priority list. I mean, like I say, the man say I mean, you, just, you hope they address the... Uh, the issue around that second striker and the creative midfielder at a minimum in January. Maybe I'm, like I say, raising expectations there in terms of hope. <laughs> um, I'm definitely raising expectations there, I tell you. Uh, ben Davis tried to get forward in times in that first half, but nothing really came off for him in that final third. I think, again, for Davis, um, we all know that level now with Ben. You know, he'll give us what he's got. Is it enough? I mean, I'll leave that out to you. I know Jason last week when I say six out of ten, but he was solid, to be fair to him. Um, defensively, no problem at all. Joe Roden... Six and a half, there you go. Six and a half from Jason. Joe Roden, he, he introduced to actually see out that game on the 88th minute, playing a little bit there. Uh, Galini, a spectacular for that first half of Burnley, not really troubling him at all. Uh, pretty much the same after the break because he only had one save to make from Ashley Barnes. Um, a quiet night for Galini, not really much to say in terms of his overall performance. Oliver Skip, I know again, becoming very popular amongst Spurs fans at the moment because of, like I say, an all action display in that midfield. Carlos personified when he's on the ball. Hooked midway through the second half. The Spurs look for a winner. I'm sure he's been safe for the weekend against United, which we're going to come on to. Um, Pierre-Emile Hoybier, had a question actually in on Hoybier from our listener questions. Um, he started rather than taking a breather against United and was a lot better after a poor display by his standards against West Ham. He had a lot more to do in that midfield later on with, with Skip making way. Um, interestingly, Jay, so I'm going to come around to you on this question. James Truscott says, why isn't Hoybier dugged out the same way Winks is when he's playing? Yeah, I, I, I think Hoiberg hasn't been as good this year as he was for us last year. Um, I, I actually made the comment on another show about our sideways passing and said there was times where Sunday uh, Oliver Skip was going sideways and sideways and sideways. And if that had been Winks, he'd have been criticised for it. And that's not me moaning at, at Skippy one little bit. But but uh, yeah, there's times where, where we... It's Tottenham, so they're scapegoats. There will always be scapegoats and certain players. But once Winks is sold and once Delhi's sold and once Gio's sold and that, then the focus becomes on what's left behind. And, and sure enough, we'll be a lot more critical of, of their performances. I think the, the, the thing at the moment with Hoiberg is, because we saw last year how he, he played a vital role in the team and kept us together. And there was many times when he, he carried the fight almost on his own. So he's he's built that little bit of... Of credit up, whereas Winks has gone two years without, without being able to get any credit in the bank. So it's it's um, that that's probably why. But yeah, he's, mm. he's he's not been at his best this year. That's that's for I, sure. Yeah, I must actually uh, that point that's on the screen there from King Hodder. One, I totally agree. This we are wearing out Hoybier. We did it with Ericsson, and I think that's actually a really good point. Now, what I'm finding with Hoybier is that um, almost the bloke has got back. And I know Jace, you said this a lot of times as well. The bloke gets three or four jobs to do at once. And he doesn't actually get the chance to actually focus on his sole job in the team. And that's because what's around him is of not equal quality to what he's capable of in his game. And you do just worry that that element over across another season, like we saw with Hoybier, where he had that horrendous run. I think we considered two penalties in a row. I think it was Everton and Critman Wrong. I think it was Leeds, those two games. Uh, my worry is that, with regards to that, is that we are going to need at some point to give him a rest. But the problem we've got, as we've said on many shows, is that there's not a natural other alternative to Hoybier. And my concern is throughout the season, 
that's going to be a problem for Tottenham. I know we're only in what we're nearly coming into November, but already the signs are there that you are going to need to give Hoybier that occasional rest. And we are in four competitions, which I absolutely love, uh, but we are going to have to manage that. But um, we're going to come round next to you, Frank, then we'll go to Rich. Um, I want to ask you, Frank, about the Celso played in that number 10 role, created an early chance for Harry Kane with a nice pass. Looked to take the game to Burnley at times in his attacking position. He really should have scored at one point as well when he was through on goal against Nick Pope. Um, it was a decent outing from the Argentinians. He looked to prove a point to the boss. And you do feel, Frank, that there's almost one player in terms of the Garby Sun international duty for Argentina. Then there's this other player for Tottenham in the Celso. And we haven't yet married that up to see the player we see in an Argentinian shirt. Will we ever see that player, Frank, in a Spurs shirt, in your opinion? I'm not entirely sure. I can't answer that question. Um, I think the only purple patch, we'll call it a purple patch, but the only spell of form he's had with Spurs was when we came back from the lockdown. And he was probably one of our better players when we ended up finishing sixth um, in that little spell. But barring that, he's flattered to deceive. I know he scored a few goals at Manchester City. He came on and scored. And, but he just, he's just another player at Spurs. They're all, you know, one of them players that... He's a bit of an enigma. Does he do enough? No. Do you know what you're going to get from him each week? Probably no. We're not a team of seven out of tens, are we? Knowing exactly what you're going to give us. We're, we've got so many players like that that are hit or miss and, and don't quite do enough. He fits into that category for me. Um, so I, I don't know with, with Lo Celso. He's, he's had a few chances now, in my opinion. He's done well tonight, but um, is he going to take us to the next level? Does, does he deserve to start in that 10 role? I'm not so sure. Um I think in Argentina, they play a different system to, to us. And obviously, he's got Lionel Messi in his team, which makes yeah. things a lot easier for him. But he just flatters to the scene for me. Um, he's definitely not a wide player. I don't want to see him no. on the left or the right I, again. I, I would agree you're right, yeah. there. He's no, worried there. But doesn't work there, no. I don't know. Perhaps with a, with a run of 10 games, we might see more from him. But I, I don't know, Rick. He's just not a player that excites me, if I'm, I'm totally honest. And he doesn't convince me in front of goal either. It's, it's, it's um, worrying, though, isn't it? It's his third season here, Jase. As I'll go to, if you give him that run of 10 games, who are you leaving out the team? Mm. That's exactly it. And um, You're taking Ndombele out, aren't you? And we know, Rick, you're never going to take that one out. Well, not well, at the moment. I... <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, has the Celso ever really played a, a two or three games where he's put his hand up and said to the manager, whatever, the, whoever the manager is, I'm your man, I deserve to start? And I think the answer is no. Mm. No, it, it, it's a real tricky one. It really is. Um, there is a debate still to have very quickly in terms of Harry Kane, which I'm going to give to you, Rich. Before I do, um, just on Stephen Bergvall, he operated from more of a favoured role on that left wing tonight, but his final ball was really lacking. Got a volley all wrong. Things just didn't work out from him. He was duly substituted in that second period. But in terms of Harry Kane, a shot wide with an early chance and barely threatened after that first half until he volleyed way over from that close range. Picked out the sales with a great pass after the break, but his teammate couldn't take it. It just isn't happening for him in front of the guard at the moment, Rich. And I have to be careful with this because he did score an absolutely wonderful goal up at St. James's Park mm. only a week or so ago. So it's hard to go completely, you know, absolutely against Kane when he scored that wonderful kane goal. I want to call it kane It was a brilliant goal up at St. James's Park. Um, but is Kane, in your opinion, going to be a player that will reach those double figures again and get to the, the heights of goals that he scored in previous seasons for Tottenham? Well, it's it's a, it's an odd one because we've had that added dynamic of all what went on in the summer, and he, he you know he's a notorious slow starter, isn't he? To to a season, um, so it may be that it may be what's gone on in the summer where he didn't get his move. He's come off the back of a tournament with England, so he never got the the rest um, that he normally does. 
So, you know, in, in a season when there isn't a tournament, I, I just don't know, Rick. It's, 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 a, it's a tough one. If you, if you turn around and say, no, it looks like he's, his head's gone and he doesn't want to be there, then all of a sudden he pops up and starts pegging plenty up towards Christmas. And then everybody turns around and goes, oh, yeah, 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 there you are saying, writing him off, writing him off. You write him off at your peril. Whatever, whatever you know, he's he's just he's a he's a great player. I just I'd like to know where his head is, to be honest. That I think that's 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 the key the the, the key to all this with him. Whether he does actually feel like he's got the ump and he should have gone, and and I don't know, Ricky, if he if his head's gone and he doesn't want to be there, then you have got to sell him. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, it's it's a tough one, you know, because we give the club a bit of a, a, a kick in on these things. But Manchester City never stumped up fair money for him. So, mm. you know, like we said before, if Grealish is £100 million, then Kane is 150 And they, they never got to that. They never got to that figure. And nobody else came in for him, Rick, either, yeah. which was yeah. you know, surprising. There was no bidding war for him. So... No. I don't know. It's it, it's a it's a tough one. Part of me still thinks we we should have maybe taken a bid for him and, and rebuilt in other areas and been a little bit more seven or eight out of ten across the board rather than fives and sixes in certain positions and like nine or ten out of ten ten up front. So I don't know. I'm in a real quandary over over Kane. I can't quite decide whether we should have kept him. Or like as we have, or whether we should have sold him, and where he is as a player this season for us, whether he's actually just having his slow start, or whether he's just not putting a shift in. Rick, I, I think it's one of those unanswerable ones. Only time's going to tell. Frank, is it to do with a lack of service in your opinion? Because often you've said, you know, you to criticize, you know, to criticize Kane in terms of the goal scoring ratio, you'd be a fool to do that. Is it down to a lack of service, in your opinion, more than anything else beyond, you know, and a frustration of not getting that move? Possibly. I mean, his body language at times has been a little bit off, in my opinion, a little bit worrying. You could say, uh, you know, there are moments where you look at him or periods in games where it does look like a guy that missed out on a, a lifetime dream move to a club where he was going to win everything. And it, it does look like that at times. But on the flip side, I'm pretty sure if we were playing in a side that created the opportune moments and chances for him to put the ball in the back of the net. He probably would. I mean, the stats under Nuno are pretty damning um, with with most things creative-wise. And uh, I think that shows. So it's a mixture of both, in my opinion, which obviously isn't a, a great mixture because obviously the outcome is one goal in um, in the Premier League so far. But I'm pretty sure if we do lay on the chances for Kane and, and, and got the opportunities, um, he'd start scoring goals. But yeah, I can't remember. In, since he came into the team and he, he became this this Harry Kane that he is now, I yeah. can't remember a spell in the Premier League of him not scoring. In, uh, what is it? One in the first nine games, he's played seven of those. Am I yeah, right? this is this is this is un, this is un, unlike. Yeah, this is unprecedented, isn't it? This, this run yeah. in the Premier League since he started his his, his run four yeah. or five years ago, wherever it yeah. was. Which, um, yeah, and it's worrying, Rick. It is. It's starting to get a bit worrying for me. Mm, I mean, Jace, have, have you got any reservations about Kane's desire? It's a player that obviously wanted to go in the summer. He is still here. Anything for you on that football field when you watch him up close, body language that suggests to you that he isn't given a hundred percent, that his head is somewhere up the M62. 
the, the one bit that I'm a little bit concerned about him with is how often he's losing the ball, how often he's losing those 50-50 physical challenges. That Even that one at the end concern. tonight, Jace, the one at the end tonight when Pope came for the ball, for me, the cane of a couple of seasons ago would not back out of that. I don't know if I'm looking too much into that or being ultra paranoid. Well, I, don't think, I don't know. Am I looking too much into that? It's, it's, I don't know. It's not so much that. There's, there's just times where, you know, you, you see it Sunday where you just feel like he's not jumping as much as he could, or he's just not in that physical battle as much as he could. He's not really forcing the defenders physically as, as he used to do. Um, you know, he's got 10 goals this season. He's our current top scorer. It's important. And people, will, people will knock yeah. that and they'll say, and They're don't get me wrong, five of those. Yeah, it's because of, the... of the Premier League. That's why. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely yeah, it's our bread and butter. It's the bread and, and butter, isn't it? Enough exactly. the of course yeah. it is. Of course it is. But, you know, we've seen in the... In the checker trade, you know, we can mock his goals in that, but we don't score against Pacos and we don't score against Vitesse. So he's got five goals in that. And if you take those five goals away from that, we'd probably be out of the bloody checker trade already. So, you know, he has got 10 goals this season. He's got three England goals and he's got two, a Carling Cup goal, a Carabao goal, and he's got a Premier League goal. And, and like I say, we can, we can sit here and say, you know, take him out of the team, he's not doing it. But who the hell comes in to replace him? Because Dane well, Scarlett hasn't had a single shot at goal in a checker trade game yet. So you, no. you can't tell me we're going to play against Man United mm. and, and then the following week with Dane Scarlett as his replacement. Yeah. So you can push, you can, people will say, okay, play Sonny there. But like I say, who comes into Sonny's current position then? Another person who doesn't score and doesn't assist. So, you know, it's, it's, if, if we had. If we had somebody on the bench that was scoring in the checker trades and was playing instead of Kane tonight and got another couple, much the way that Kane forced his way into the team, much the way, say, Jermaine Defoe used to be when he was chasing down a Berbatov and, and Robbie Keane and things. If somebody was doing that, you'd have an option to drop Kane. But, you yeah. know, we consistently say we haven't replaced the, the goals of Vinicius and Bell and some people want to drop another 27 goals out of the team. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're chucking over 50 goals away from the team. Yeah, you can't. You it, just can't do it. You can't no, do I, it. I agree. It, it is very, very tough at the moment. And um, just to kind of summarise, as we look ahead to Man United, um, Foran Domblay's arrived from Spurs. They looked much better going forward when he came on. He was pressing that ball late on and put pressure on the host. We're going to save the Domblay chat for another time. I promise you, we uh, like they push for time. Son barely saw the ball and not many chances for him to score tonight. With Bernie up in that pressure late on after the game, Nuno said Spurs were defensively spot on. And in terms of the Spurs' chances down the competition, which has seen the likes of United City go out, he said, we can't look much further. We came here to come through. We did it with a good game. Let's wait for the draw. And a reminder, that draw is this coming Saturday, 10.30am on Soccer AM. You make your decision in terms of the calibre of this competition when it's Soccer AM getting the draws. I would love to know who's going to be doing that draw. And you'll, I'll say we'll find that out on Saturday morning. But um, we are going to go for our final break of the show. Taking into this break, you're going to hear um, from a couple of different Manchester United podcasts who are very kindly giving us their time to preview this one. And I'll say after that, we're going to be previewing this game. Right then, thank you for having me on. Having a look at the United side of things. Um, I'll just get straight into my predict 11. Obviously, it's not been a great time for United recently. And some of the blame and criticism has come down to an unwillingness for Oli to change that starting 11. We saw the same one against Atalanta that we saw against Liverpool. I think he has to make changes at this point. I think we have to see some changes. I still expect that 4-2-3-1 that we've seen so often um, under Oli for Manchester United. I think we'll see David De Gea. I think we'll see Wan-Bissaka. I think we'll see Lindelof, Maguire... 
I think we might see Alex Tellez. Um, Luke Shaw was so poor against Liverpool. He's been so poor this season so far in comparison to where he was last season and, and in the Euros in the summer. I can't see how he keeps his place. I think maybe you could argue the same for Maguire, but the other option is Eric Bay, who has never really had a chance to prove himself or never really managed to prove himself over the last few years. Whereas Luke Shaw, we do have Alex Tellers there, who you know in, in recent years has been a, a good left-back at Porto and, and done all right things at United. I think it's hard to say Luke Shaw deserves to play. I think you could you could blame him for arguably four of those five goals against Liverpool the other day, not staying with his man, getting drawn to the ball, not communicating very well with Harry Maguire, which obviously you can blame Maguire for um, as well. But that's what I'm expecting at the back. I think you'll see a midfield two. I probably have Matic and Fred. I think McTominay's been poor. I don't think Fred again had his worst game against Liverpool. And I think he was pretty good in the Atlanta game as well. So I think he'll keep his place. I think you may see Matic in there, who's slightly better on the ball than McTominay or a lot better on the ball than McTominay. He's also uh, well-rested now. He's had the last two games off, so I think he'll come back in. Then I'm expecting Bruno to, to keep his place in that number 10 role. He just, you know, he, he starts when he's fit. I think you'll see Rashford. I think we might see um, Jaden Sancho on that right-hand side because, you know, Mason Greenwood scored four goals this season, which is excellent, but... He, he doesn't look to supply. He doesn't have it in his mind that the first thing he wants to do is give the ball to a striker or to another attacker to, to set them up. He's always looking for the shot, which is a good thing when you're playing as a striker and a good thing when you have three or four other creative players behind you. But with Cristiano Ronaldo in there, who also doesn't really supply, he doesn't really look for other people, he's looking for the shot as well. You need a bit more balance in that front three, I think. So Jaden Sancho can come in, someone who, yes, he doesn't have the goals and assists this season so far, but we know from his past and his history and the experience that he has at Dortmund, he looks for the pass over the shot. You know, he can score goals, but he's he's an assister. He's a, a creative player, first and foremost. So I think get him in on that right-hand side, allow him to flourish, allow him to sort of get that position nailed down if he can. Just give him that chance to prove himself, I think, is what we need to see against Tottenham. You know, looking at the the, the, the tactics that we'll see, there have been rumours recently that United were told to press against Liverpool and some of the players were stood there going, what do you mean press? We, we've never trained this. Um, which are you know completely damning when you think about how modern football is played and how um, games are, are set out and, and how managers set their teams out in those games. You can't just say, do this tactic that you know requires attention and detail and structure and planning without bringing that attention and detail and structure and planning to the players in training and preferably not just that week that you know a, a substantial and sustained press is that it can be the sort of the foundation of a of a structure and a foundation of a philosophy of a manager that's something that needs to be ingrained and embedded over months not just you know three days before the Liverpool game we're going to decide to press and even then we're not going to tell you how to do it we're just going to tell you to do it um, if that is the case, then it's particularly damning, I think, on these coaches who, you know, you like to think they know a bit more than that. You like to think they know that if you tell the team to do something, sometimes you have to tell them how to do it as well as just doing it. But these are the rep- types of reports we're seeing at the moment. Um, when it comes to predicted result, I think United need to bounce back. I think this this team is better than it's currently playing. Um, Tottenham struggling immensely as well at the moment. Um, I think that's fair to say it's not been a smooth transition over the last sort of 18 uh, to 24 months for for Tottenham since Pochettino left. 
um, it's, well, even the few months preceding his departure weren't stable, were they? That's why he went. Um, but yeah, ever since that Champions League final, Tottenham have been a, a different team, a, a, a more unstable team, a more beatable team. Um, I've got to predict a United win. I think you've got to see a bounce back. And I think Spurs are the sort of team, and you're not going to like hearing this, that are perfect to play in this scenario. Because they're a big enough team, a big enough name, where the, the players get fully fully up for it. There's no complacency. There's no, you know, we're just facing Watford or Norwich or whoever. You have to take Spurs seriously, but they aren't stable. They aren't assured enough. They aren't rock solid enough where if you get a couple of mistakes wrong, you'll lose. You, you can make a couple of mistakes against Tottenham and still beat them. That's not to say there's no way to lose to Tottenham, as we've seen in recent years. You can very much lose to Tottenham. We've got some great players. But I think if United turn up, which I expect that they will, I think it's certainly those first 20 minutes will be the most dangerous for Tottenham because I'm, ex- I'm expecting and assuming that there'll be a, a big reaction to the game against Liverpool. Even if the players aren't playing for the manager anymore, they're still playing for the, the respect of the fans and their own careers. I think we'll see a big reaction in those first 20 minutes and maybe if Tottenham can sort of hold them off for that first half hour, then they can work their way into the game. Then there's a good chance for Tottenham. But I think that opening blitz from United might be too much for them. I'm going to go 3-1 Manchester United. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. It's Kane here from United District. And unfortunately, I'm here to talk about Manchester United versus Spurs. (laughs) You won't find many Manchester United fans wanting to talk about that at the moment. Uh, you guys have caught us off the back of our worst result in Premier League history, where we lost 5-0 to our bitter rivals, Liverpool. But other than that, we've not been great. Um, our last win in the league was the 11th of September, where, courtesy of a last-minute save from David De Gea, we got the three points. And since then, we've won twice in the Champions League, but both thanks to late winners from Ronaldo. Um, Our performances in those games have not covered ourselves in glory. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a good time to play Manchester United. Um, Our only saving grace is that you guys haven't been much better either. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, It's been a strange week for United fans. Um, At the start of the week, a fair few United fans would be would probably be expecting us to have a caretaker manager in for this game, or even a full a new a new uh, full time manager. But yeah, um, reports which were coming out on Monday suggested that Oli had a matter of days. Um, the players seemed discontent. There was uh, a lack of trust in what Oli was building. Now it seemed, and uh, yeah, it seemed like a matter of days, but. Reports since then have basically suggested that he's got three games against Spurs, Atalanta and Manchester City to decide his future, whether that's true or not, or we're just actually looking for suitable replacements. Uh, We don't know, but you can take a guess. Um, But yeah, with Oli, Oli's going to be taking us out in this game and that's why in regards to uh, team news, I don't think there'll be much, much difference. Uh, 
We've obviously got Paul Pogba suspended after his red card against Liverpool and Rafael Varane isn't isn't back from his injury yet, so it's likely we'll see uh, Maguire and Lindelof in the back line. But um, yeah, I think Solskjaer will mostly stick to the players that he trusts. That's why I'm 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 probably expecting McTominay and Fred to be in the middle, uh, Bruno Fernandes to probably start. Uh, you'll expect uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Luke Shaw, Maguire, like I said. The the players which uh, you can you can tell he trusts. Um, I think they'll they'll be starting. I doubt I doubt we'll see many fringe players because with the reports that have come out, I think if you put two and two together as a United fan, you can tell that it's probably the those fringe players which are um, unhappy with how they're being treated. Solskjaer's not the one to give much minutes to his fringe players, and I think that's what's happened. And that that they're, they're clearly not happy. The likes of Eric Bailly, um Diego Dallo, Nemanja Matic, Donny van der Beek. I don't think many of them will see many of them uh, take to the field. If uh, maybe from a um, off the bench, but definitely not starting. I don't think. But our biggest problem this season has been defensive transitions in capital letters. We've been awful, and that was shown best against Liverpool. But we've seen it almost in every game this season bar a couple maybe but yeah um and that's a reason why i think while our personnel might not change too much i think we'll we'll see a formation change maybe and if not it will definitely be a, be a tactical change in in that 4-2-3-1 which we play i think if we stick with that one you'll likely see our wingers be a lot more defensive than um usual they usually stay high and look to go on the attacking transitions but i think that they'll be tasked to play a lot deeper. Whether they'll do that under Solskjaer, who seems to have lacked, uh, who, who seems to have lost respect in the dressing room, we don't know, but I think they'll be tasked with a more defensive performance. Um, if not, I, th- I can see us going to a three-at-the-back formation to try and defend against the likes of Son and Kane on those counters, um, like we did a couple of years ago under Solskjaer against the big teams. Uh, we saw a three at the back formation often and with Shaw dropping into the back three and we could potentially see Alex Tellers um, come into the lineup. But um, yeah, I expect changes. We've been extremely poor at defending counter-attacks and transitions. So that's what we've got to focus on. We've seen Luke Shaw and um, Harry Maguire, who've both had brilliant years before before this season, been quite frankly poor um, for the start of the season and while they've had poor form it's also been due to a the um, system that we've played in they've been victims of it because they've been they've been uh, attacked time and time again so I think that is one reason one big reason why we might see a a definite change in tactics or at least a formation change to try and uh, counter what Nuno will inevitably be trying to do in counter-attacking us because that's where that's where we've been so so poor this season so yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting one um prediction wise it's going to be a very hard game to predict because I have no idea what United team is going to go out there um whether they're going to be up for it or whether they whether the decision to keep Ollie will be um a bad one uh, for this week but yeah I'm still saying all that gonna go for a 1-0 United win uh, hopefully we uh, get something out of the bag but essentially I have no idea how this game is gonna go it's gonna be an interesting one though
Uh, thanks for having me on, guys, and I hope you don't enjoy the game. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Massive, massive game for both clubs, as we can imagine. It sees uh, the two big Premier League sides battle out. Yes, I'm calling Spurs a big Premier League side for I'm not sure how much longer. Um, but yeah, it's the battle of the two managers under massive pressure, Nuno and Oli. And as we both recall here, um, we assume both of these guys are going to be in charge for the weekend. Of course, Solskjaer's Red Devils were absolutely obliterated by five goals to nil at the weekend at Old Trafford by a bitter rivals, Liverpool. Um, while Spurs, of course, lost to West Ham United on the same day. Therefore, both sides are going to need to get a win, you feel, just to resurrect any hopes of a top four finish, as I can hear the laugh the track in the background as I say that. Um, let's come through to you, Rich, to start this one. Uh, Manchester United at the weekend. Um, are you excited? Are you fearful? <laughs> Tell us your thoughts, yeah. Rich. El Sacchio, isn't it? As uh, as it's been uh, being dubbed, I think uh, Danny Danny Kelly um, <laughs> come up with that. I think uh, Fiona just said on the on the screen now, uh, nil nil. It's got nil nil written all over it, isn't it? But uh, look, man, you're all over the place at the moment. They seem more all over the place than we are currently. Um, but then again, they've got Ronaldo in your team, and Ronaldo's somebody that can win you a game. But be brave, get on the front foot, a team that's absolutely shattered confidence. We can we can win it. We can win it. But we've just got to go against the grain and we have to be brave and we have to get on the front foot and we have to take the game to them. If we get in their face, they'll buckle. We win it. It's as simple it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um but for me, Rick, if we if we get beat by this mob at the weekend, that's Nuno done. That's got to be him done. It, it mm. has to be. Because, it's got the feeling of a defining game, hasn't it? Yeah. You, it they're, feels that way. they're all yeah. over the place, Rick. They they mm. just, you know, that's that would have absolutely smashed them to bits at the weekend. And yeah. Ollie's not got it in his locker. It's not like, you know, Fergie's got beat 5-0 no. in just one of these freak games. Yeah. Who, who, and you'd be absolutely crapping your pants, wouldn't you, for Saturday if it was a Fergie man, you well, he ain't got it in his locker to turn them round. The this. guy is tactically inept, isn't he? Let's be honest about it. He's way yeah. out of his depth there. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it's not working for them. So we should, so we should beat yeah. them. If we, we don't, then mm. we've got big problems. We've got big, big problems if we can't beat a man new. At shot. home. At home. At well. home as well. Yeah. At yeah. home. Uh, you know, and we know our, our crowd will get behind the team. Of course. Yet, yeah. yet again, I know things ain't great, but the fans... That go home and away are brilliant. They will yep. get behind them. Uh, you know, give us something to get behind as well. Like Green. get on the front foot, get in their faces. Three mm. nil Spurs. Come on. I love it. Fantastic. Frank, let's come around to you. Uh, one player we have definitely ruled out is Paul Pogba following that VAR, VAR intervention to his tackle on Naby Keita. That saw the punishment upgraded from a yellow to a red. So Frank, we're playing against a team that are without Paul Pogba. Um, they are disillusioned at some degree. There's been rife speculation all week over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's future at the club. It just feels that like they're a running constant headline on Sky Sports News. Can Spurs take advantage of that? Or are we in ourselves under massive pressure with Nuno? It's two sides at the moment. Our headline news for the wrong reasons. What's your thoughts going into this one and your prediction? Well, I actually agree with Crackers that we should beat them because somehow, I think, you know, statistically, we are actually in better form than they are um, in the league. And this is our time. I mean, Pogba's our most creative player in the Premier League, whatever you think of him as a player. He is. He's got the most assists. Um, he's missing. It's a home game. Um, they've just been absolutely battered. I think Varane's still missing. 
Um, Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire are just devoid of any kind of confidence that enables them to be able to defend at the moment. And as Crack has said, if we've got to capitalise on that. Um, the home crowd will be behind the team, like we always do. We'll get behind the team. And, um, and yeah, we've, we've got to be more positive and try and get the three points. I don't want to see a drag first half where we've had all the ball and we haven't had a shot on target again. Um, I'm not saying that we have to be completely reckless, but just a bit more of a intent in the performance yes. yeah. um, and, and more positivity. And I think they're there for the taking at the moment. But in true Spurs fashion, who knows what's going to happen? We don't know. Um, it is just the most Dr. Tottenham and Spursy of anything for a team to have suffered that kind of defeat and, and the nature of it against their bitter rivals. Yeah. And then good old Tottenham gives them the, the three points to, to make them feel better. But I don't know. I, I, I think we should be winning that one, Rick. Um, uh, but, but who knows? And now I'm terrified to ask you, Frank, what's your prediction? <laughs> I'm terrible with these predictions. I think I said 3-1, didn't I, in the week for the Burnley game? You did, mate. Um, it'll, yeah. it'll be a close game. Um, I'm going to try and go for the Tottenham win and be positive. I'll go 1-0 Spurs. No, no. One nil Spurs. I'm surprised, Frank, you're carrying a clean sheet there. Maybe tonight's uh, Tavens is rubbing off on you. I, I just literally think at the moment United are just in disarray. Um, mm. I don't know. Honestly, do you know what? I can't predict that game because I've just every week I do not know what I'm going to get from this Tottenham mm. team. So it makes it so hard to predict. But I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say we'll keep a clean sheet and nick a 1 0 win. Out of interest, Frank, if Spurs do a 1 0, who, who's scoring that goal for you for Spurs? Who's scoring a goal for, for, well, for them? Costa <laughs> would tell you for them, wouldn't he? But uh, who would score for us? Probably Son. Son always scores at home. He's probably our yeah. most reliable home player at the moment. Mm. Um, I fancy a Son goal, but. As I said, Rick, you just don't know. They can batter us three-one. Yeah, um, it's it's Tottenham. It, like, I reckon it's a Winks hat trick. Myself, I went three-nil. Yeah. I'm going Winks well, hat trick. I've got to say, could you imagine the scenes? You know, the fact we've dropped Winks and uh, Delhi for this game, and they both come to the starting lineup. We don't on Spurs Twitter when that team goes out and they're both in it. I mean, it would just be uh, not that I do want to see that because I think for our own hearts and for me doing that show afterwards, I think that would mentally just finish me. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to think about that. Let's come around to Jace to close the show. Uh, Jace, thoughts on this one? Because for, for Manuel, any more positive news? Ollie indicated before the Liverpool match that um, Pogba's for the countrymen, Rafael Varane and Anthony Martial could be pushing for returns after both being injured at the time while they're in international duty. I mean, how important is this one for you, Jace? And like Frank says there, in terms of setting the tempo, how important is it in this game for Nuno? High-profile game live on TV, the world is watching, both managers under massive pressure, that if we are to go and put a performance in, it's a performance that if he's going to lose his job, it's one that you know goes out there that expresses the way Spurs want to play. Because you do feel that's going to be a case here. It's not just the result. It's how Tottenham approach and play this game. Well, the first thing I'd say is, Oli's so tactically awful. Um, that Manchester United finished second last year and have lost one of their last 29 Premier League away games. So if he gets his tactics wrong, that shows you how good of individual players they've got, doesn't it? So, uh, yes, they got Kane 5-0 by Liverpool. Liverpool yep. Kane a few teams. They've just gone to Atletico Madrid and won. So I'm certainly not saying that's an acceptable result for Man United or performance and it didn't highlight the problems that Oli's got. But you can you can look too far. Second place last year lost one of their last 29 away games. We went a year without winning an away game. So, you know, let, let's let's just be mindful of that. Um, I think the teams that have given Manchester United problems have been the teams that have gone at them, got forward, got men in the box, given them all sorts of problems, got used, used the space that Pogba and Bruno don't defend and have gone into those spaces, got into their back four. Are Tottenham brave enough to do it under Nuno? 
or do we try and get to half time in the typical nil nil and hope for one chance in the break and then like I say earlier look at that league table of of matches that have been there since Ollie's gone and lose 18 of them so you know if we're brave if we go at Man United if we commit players forward we can definitely beat Manchester United because they're not great side they're not great defensively their players are lacking confidence. Harry Maguire doesn't look anywhere near an international centre-half at the moment. But like I say, if we just sit back and wait for an opportunity, wait for Man United to give us the ball, wait for somebody to do this and, and just die a grim death, then Manchester United have got too much quality and they'll beat us. So, yeah. you know, be brave. But we say this all the time, don't we? Every single week. Yeah, we you do. Know, don't don't concede corners and allow Ronaldo free headers and things like yep. that. It, it's simple. You've got yep. to be brave. I saw somebody say we can't possibly play a high line because they'll do us on the counter. But we've lost eighteen of the last twenty four by by not playing a high line. So you know it's, you've got to be brave. Got yep. to be. I think for, for Nuno, he needs to be brave. Like I say for this game, yeah. Jace, closing and, the show. Don't you... get me wrong, Rick. By yep. by being brave, mm. we may well still get beat on a counter. Yep. But you've got to give yourself the best chance of winning. And our best chance of winning and scoring goals is playing high up the pitch and forcing errors from Manchester United. We have to do yeah, it. Agreed. Especially when you saw what Liverpool did to them in the nature they did to them. I think that's the definitely the right way to go. Leicester as well, by the way. See what Leicester done to Man United mm, yeah. as well. Very similar. They're, yeah. they're defensively so fragile and there's no confidence at the back of no. the Atalanta did it. Villarreal did it. Yeah, you've got to go for them. I, I totally agree with what Frank says there. Jay, let close with you. Prediction for this one, what are you going for? 2-0 Man United, because we won't go at them. OK, fine. Uh, my thanks to Rich, to Frank, to Jace. Guys, um, thank you so much for like I say, joining us, as always. Um, listen, we are in for a tough, tough season, but we are here through thick, through thin. These boys will be back on throughout the course of the season, um, guiding us through Christmas. We're looking forward to that. My God, get your crackers at the ready. I'm not sure what's coming. I'm not sure there's many presents under that tree, but I think we've got some... Uh, I'm not sure what we've got in store. We've got some displays in store. I'm not sure what's coming, like a lot of these Spurs players. But guys, most importantly, thank you so much as always. Keep safe, keep well. We're back after Manchester United reviewing that game live. And as always, come on you Spurs. Cheers, boys. Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.